Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. We're in London. We're in London. London, England. London, England, UK. Yeah, United Kingdom. Earth. Solar System. Milky Way Galaxy. Mutter's Spiral. Oh, look at you. Well, that's what they say in Doctor Who. Hooray. Yeah, it's quite something. This is our... I've already lost track because we got here on Saturday as we record this. And it is now Wednesday night. Well, technically, it has turned over to Thursday morning because it's after midnight London time. Mm-hmm. This is your first time because you weren't able to be on Verity, um, your regular podcast. That's true. Because they were recording at 2 a.m. our time. <laughs> yeah, I was not about to stay up No, so So this is your first chance to actually um, register how much you are enjoying London. I assume you are enjoying London in the UK. I am. I love it so much. It's wonderful. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is um, London and the UK is where uh, traditionally Doctor Who has actually been made. That is true. Yeah. Um, we went to, we've been in London for the past few days, and then today as we record this, we went to Cardiff. Which is where they make Doctor Who now. Isn't that something? Isn't Mm -hmm. that something? Yep. Yeah, to go, uh, look at Doctor Who things. So, it's been kind of a Doctor Who-centric trip, as you could imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've been really enjoying it. But we, uh, we wanted to bring the Aztecs on our trip mm-hmm. so that we could maybe continue this because it's kind of, you know, it'd be a shame to come all this way and, you know, not sit in our hotel room and watch 50-year-old television and do a <laughs> podcast about it. Yeah, because that just seems like a thing to do when you come to London. Doesn't everybody do that? Pretty much. I uh, think so. Yeah, and I think it was, you know, rather apt that, you know, in coming all the way to London um, and, you know, being surrounded by all the various British things that... um made us fall in love with England in the first place. We watch a story from 1964 that is set in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a weird one to watch. But, you know, it, while the story may be set in Mexico, uh, it didn't look like a lot of those actors came from Mexico. No. Nope. You forget about that. I didn't forget about that. No, but, I mean, everyone who, like, you know, talks about the Aztecs, you know, everyone mm-hmm. talks about, like, Marco Polo or the towns of Wang Chiang with... With white actors sort of, you know, being mm-hmm. made up to supposedly look like people from different parts of the world. And no one has really said much about the Aztecs. And oddly enough, as we're watching it, this for the first... I watched this, this story a few times. And literally, this is the first time I looked at it and go, Oh, right. They are all in brown face. They are all in brown face. Yep. That would... Yeah. Mm. Kind of made me right, really uncomfortable right off the bat. It was 1964. It was, but still. I don't think... <laughs> it's 2015 right now. I, yeah, I know. I don't think the... I mean, you know, people say, oh, there weren't that many Asian actors to cast in Marco Polo, mm-hmm. um, which may be true, but no. I don't think there were that many Mexicans that, or people from mm-hmm. South America having moved to the UK yet, mm-hmm. I think. I could be wrong about that, but um, that wave of immigration perhaps had yet to happen. If indeed it's happening now, actually. We haven't seen that many Mexican restaurants here, now that I think about it. No, that's true. But then again, the the area we're in has like 10 Indian restaurants. So So many. It's kind of, that's the neighborhood. So many. They have a Chipotle. Um, Somewhere. That does not count as Mexican food. As literally as close as you can get to Mexican food in London. Well, maybe there's some good 
Mexican food somewhere. We just haven't found it yet. That's true. We also haven't looked because we've got Indian food right here, which is pretty exciting. I know. And I'll be in Wisconsin again soon, which has really good Mexican you're, food. You're so enjoy that. Believe it or not, folks who aren't from Wisconsin, it is true. Mm. I know Mexico. Yeah, why is that Wisconsin? Uh, lots of uh, migrant workers actually oh. migrated migrated north to Wisconsin, and oh. uh, yeah, one of my dad's best friends. Uh, his dad was a migrant worker and came up, and his whole family. Mmm. Oh, they make some really good food. You're gonna eat that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, not from his family anymore. He passed away a few years oh, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, I'm excited about that. Uh, less excited about all the brown face in the Aztecs. But, okay. Uh, but other than that, it was all right. I guess I I should point out that I woke up at 4:30 in the morning. It's been a long day. Uh, <laughs> to get up and drive all the way out to Cardiff to go to the Doctor Who experience, and then drive back afterwards. Mm. So. Um, I managed to stay awake all the way through the episode. Good I job. didn't fall asleep. Uh, I, my eyes started to droop a few times, mm-hmm. um, specifically during that uh, slow motion fight scene. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah the only fight scene, which was... Shot in studio. Yeah. Pretty slow motion-y. You mm-hmm. know how I feel about fight scenes in general. I find them boring, but this one just <laughs> looked ridiculous and clunky. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's done in one take. Mm-hmm. In live in the studio, so you yep. don't have a chance to edit. It's amazing how you know multicam shooting like this, like classic Doctor Who, really shows the limitation of like live stuff. You know, <laughs> you can act and fine, and the, all the dialogue scenes are great. But once you get an action scene, you realize how valuable editing is. Mm-hmm. And that thing was all done in one shot, and with no stunt doubles. No, nope. and so it did look a little clunky, but mm-hmm. they did their best, right? No, I no. guess it was. I guess it was all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see how they could have done better with what they had to work with and the amount of time I'm sure they had, and certainly the budget. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the but I thought the um I thought the sets looked really good, and mm-hmm. were really big, and the costumes were were um were pretty cool. They were neat. I like the headdresses. I think yep. this might uh, might rival uh, Robots of Death as uh, the pinnacle of Doctor Who headwear mm-hmm. um, so far of the ones that I have seen because these were pretty spectacular hats. Yeah, apparently pretty um, historically accurate too. Some people have said, well, how come, you know, it's set in Mexico. How come everyone's like wearing robes and, and, and you know, big like they're covered head to toe basically. But apparently that was the way it was back hmm. in the uh, 15th century in Mexico. I don't know anything about that, so okay. Yeah, hmm. that's I neat. I liked it. I like I like the costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Barbara immediately picking up a bracelet from a dead body. Like she, right. she starts out by grave robbing. She um, kind of does, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, not kind of. She completely yeah. does. Did she, was there an actual body there? I don't even remember. Well, it was she, like a tomb or something? Or? I guess, I mean, it was it was a tomb and okay. there was a ceremonial mask. She was talking about, you know, this person must have been a priest. So she knew there was a body right there. Right. I don't know that that was... I couldn't really tell if it was supposed to be a skeleton on top or if it was a skeleton, maybe, you know, that there was just a body in the tomb underneath all of the ceremonial stuff. But regardless of, of whether it was supposed to be under our noses, Barbara knew it was there. That's true. She knew where they were. So I feel like her disrespect for the dead was kind of off-putting. Oh, um, never thought about that. Yeah, because this is something that's supposed to be her speciality. Mm-hmm. And I guess, yeah, you know, she's, she's seeing it as a... Uh, archaeologist sort of kind mm-hmm. of i guess a history person that is her yeah. speciality as she yeah, said yeah yeah i don't know i just 
again, maybe I'm looking at it from 20 through 2015 eyes, maybe but still, I feel like respect for the dead isn't something that's all that new. Uh, <laughs> which it's is a relatively because, recent phenomenon. I mean, considering my thoughts on, on that sort of thing, like once I'm dead, I don't really care what happens yeah. to my body. So, but, but maybe this person did. And I feel like if Barbara was, you know, coming across somebody else's grave, she might have a little bit more respect for it. I'm not too sure that a uh, culture that's sort of based in human sacrifice cares that much about what happens to oh the body i when they think die. you are wrong oh okay yep go on yeah because well i mean it's the the guy who didn't get killed and then ended up killing yeah. himself was pretty invested in that happening and you know he said i didn't you know you've denied me honor and then ended up killing himself anyway i think the the world of the spirit was very important to the based on what we're seeing here was very important to these people right. so so i think that uh besides you don't put somebody in a tomb that's supposed to be hard for grave robbers to get to if you don't care what happens to them after the fact. That's wow, true. we have gone off on a really weird tangent here. This is kind of odd, yeah. I, I can sense <laughs> that you're not enjoying this episode very much. I, part of me is just, I'm tired from such a long day, so maybe... <laughs> we never, wa- we, we <laughs> never ever do Lazy Doctor Who when you're like, awake. Oh, that's like, true. Like, this is never a middle of the day sort of thing. That's true, but with... It's with, the worst. That's true, I was exhausted when we were watching most of the Keys and Marys, yep. too, but... I found so much sparkle and fun in mm-hmm. in the Keys of Marinus. I just I don't know. I I enjoyed the 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 adventure and mm-hmm. the rompiness of it. And this I haven't yet found anything to sink my teeth into besides oh. the nifty hats. Not not uh, what about Thotoxel as played by John Ringham as the local butcher is the doctor and Ian call him. Um interesting makeup. I kind of mm-hmm. like the stripe across his his mouth yeah. makeup. Um adds a little bit of interest to the uh, to the eye there um he i wasn't crazy about him breaking the fourth wall at the end that kind of creeped me out that that, that happens sometimes in, yeah well i know i know you know um, cliffhangers and all that he seems to be a pretty creepy icky bad guy i guess that's what they're going for so they're mm-hmm. su- they're succeeding in that um i thought he's going for a definitely kind of like olivier richard the third <laughs> kind of hunchback, kind of, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. He I seems mean, to be playing it like it's a Shakespeare play. If Shakespeare yeah. is writing plays set in Mexico, mm-hmm. it's almost like this is what it would be like. Yeah, I guess I can see that. You know. Um, what do you think about um, about uh, the doctor maybe a little flirting a little bit there with Kameka? Yeah, I I mean, I've heard about this story, so yep. I, I kind of knew that was coming. I didn't realize that it was so blatant. Mm-hmm. I mean... This whole sort of mythos of the doctor that I grew up being fed, um, or at least figuring out on my own, was you know that the doctor is is not interested in ladies and is asexual and all that. And clearly, that's not the case at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think they made a dis- probably they made a, a decision to go in that direction later on. But here, uh, at this point, yeah, he's. He immediately he immediately is like, oh, who's that lady over yeah. there? Oh, and she's so... And then he talks to her for like a minute. And, oh, she's so intelligent and kind. And I'm like, doctor, it's got to be hormones. Because uh, <laughs> he certainly didn't have a long enough conversation with her to get all of that. So... Uh, unless we're unless we're going for the you know psychic time lord theory or something. Um, yeah, I think he just... Uh, he has hot pants. <laughs> Charming, he says. He said she... Charming. Yeah. And intelligent. Hmm. No. I mean, I. 
his performance was good. Mm-hmm. I believe that he believed that. I yep. just don't believe that he had any reason to actually think it. Throws him off too for the rest of the scene. There, Hartnell mm-hmm. sort of misses. <laughs> yeah, and that was his line. that was another thing that I just uh, that threw me out of it so much that yeah. it was really hard to get back into it because he was just. He was stumbling so much it was making me uncomfortable <laughs> as a viewer. It was kind of like watching a Shakespeare play where right. they haven't rehearsed it enough times. And ah. I'm like, oh, those you know those medieval lines are not tripping off your tongue mm-hmm. very nicely. And this was just regular words that were not tripping off of his no. tongue all that nicely. When he sort of says halfway through Ian's speech, he interrupts William Russell to say, basically, just a minute, what's your job with this? Even though that's what he was about to tell him. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of amusing. Yep. 60s TV, that's how it's made. Uh-huh. Still fascinated by it. Yep, we did get the hmm. uh, the the very famous scene of the doctor telling Barbara she can't change history, not one line. Yeah. And that was I. I will hand it. <clears throat> excuse me. I will hand yeah. it to William Hartnell. Uh, performance wise, that was a that part he didn't stumble over, and he gave a really good performance there. The camera kind of moves in on him and has that nice close up where he's all intense at the mm-hmm. end of it. So uh, I can see why that scene stands out for so many people. Um, not, just because, not just because huh. of the content, but because of the, the performance itself. So mm-hmm. that was uh, that was nice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand Barbara wanting to, to change things um, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to say, oh, she's not thinking this through from a time traveler's perspective because, you know, what happens if she changes time? Uh, but why would she be thinking from that she hasn't had a lot of experience traveling through time she hasn't been reading science fiction probably there's no evidence <laughs> that she's been reading a lot of science fiction like we have like i think about time travel stuff all the time right. uh but i don't know why she would well why so, would she she's a history yeah. teacher and i mean maybe she thinks if she changes it then as she said the good can continue um continue through history after cortez comes uh and the evil will be left behind so in her mind, she hasn't thought about the whole butterfly effect theory, and she thinks that she'll just go back to her own present someday, and, you know, things will be as they are, only better in Mexico, which is perhaps a naive view, but why shouldn't she be naive about this sort of thing? Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm all right with her trying that. I'm, I feel like the doctor didn't maybe do a great job in trying to convince her he didn't give her any reasons he just said you can't do it right i've tried uh if he would have I mean, barbara's a pretty rational lady she's smart mm-hmm. if he would have taken some more time to explain why what the ramifications and consequences are maybe she would have uh followed through and i as of yet don't know the exact details of of what the fallout of this is but she um yeah she i don't know she didn't even seem like she was going to try to ask the doctor why you know she was just sort of she was she's sat a little bit headstrong uh, i'm there. gonna stop this this, yep. this ain't gonna happen i think i think she's letting the uh the being treated by like a goddess thing go to her head i mean this is the second story in a row where suddenly everybody else comes out to find barbara dressed all <laughs> fancy and being yeah. somewhat worshipped by the people around her so i wonder if she's just getting a little too comfortable with this sort of thing oh what's the word for that I don't know. Princess syndrome? Mm, no. I don't know. Little Lampers? No, not the Lampers syndrome. I, I honestly don't know what you're... Uh, something I'm not familiar with. No, so. I don't know either. But, mm. um, hmm. That's why I like doing this podcast, because these are all interesting insights <laughs> that I haven't really heard that much elsewhere. Because, you know, this is one that gets talked a lot about, perhaps just because it's a... 
you know, it's the earliest surviving pure historical um, with Marco Polo currently being missing. Mm. Um, so it's sort of like held up as like this sort of, you know, the shining beacon of, of, um, of history and in Doctor <laughs> Who. So, so it's uh, interesting to hear it come from this angle here. Huh. Do you remember seeing it before at all? Did no. Nope. Actually, after our last episode yeah. talking about it, I got a somewhat accusatory email yeah. from my mother. Hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> saying, are you sure you haven't seen the Aztecs? I've seen the Aztecs multiple times. Uh, so I, I guess... Technically, I probably have seen the Aztecs at least once before, mm-hmm. um, but I was probably so young that I just don't remember it. It's not one of the stories that made it to the uh, vast collection of VHS. That oh, was, I was it recorded? That, well, if it was recorded, uh-huh. um, then it didn't get saved. I'm, oh. I'm guessing maybe it just never got recorded in the first place <laughs> because I didn't have access to it when I did my, you know, rewatches. Oh, so it's like an end sign missing episode then, basically. <laughs> yes, it is. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I probably did see it at some point. And I mean, I guess just watching it, there were hints of just the, the tiniest bit of familiarity, which, I mean, I was kind of chalking up to the fact that I've heard so much about this story and seen clips of it. Uh, but maybe it is because I did see it when I was, you know, wee, mm-hmm. wee, wee little and didn't, uh, didn't remember very well. Oh, well, <laughs> you've, you've, you found enough in there. Like, you know, we, we're going on for over 17 minutes here. Well, some of that was talking about London, well, a little which bit. we could go on and on for. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yes, it's great. But we won't. No, I guess not. No. I, I want to go to sleep. It is now uh, 12.28 p.m., and yeah. I woke up at 4.30 in the yeah. morning, and I'm so exhausted. It's 20 hours. Yeah. 20 hours well, right. I was up for 32 hours when we first arrived, trying I know. to beat jet lag. Why so do we do this? Why do we do this to I ourselves? I, I, I would be interested. Maybe, maybe we can try to watch the next episode. Right now? No, God, oh, no, no, okay. no, no, no. Uh, at some point after I've had a more decent amount of sleep and I'm a little less cranky, and maybe we'll see if I like okay. it better. I am, I am always one for owning up to biases and stuff. Good and, job. You are. Yeah. And uh, so right now, you know, state of mind, I will say for me, I'm, I'm the kind of person who that that plays into the way I feel about things. Mm. And this is not supposed to be some sort of objective review show. So I am just stating for the record that I am tired and cranky. I didn't and know you were cranky. Is it me? No, I'm just I'm just tired. Okay. As long as it's not me. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. No, no, no. Did I force uh, did I force the Aztecs upon you? I hope oh, that's not the case either. No, no, I wouldn't have agreed if I really needed to okay. go to sleep. But now I really need to go to sleep, so I am definitely not agreeing to watch a second episode. So am I... And me asking you if you, how cranky you are, and if it's me who's cranky, and thus keeping you up a little later, is that making you cranky now? Yes. Okay, that's making okay. So I should probably stop now. Is what you're saying? I think so. It's time to sign off, dear. Okay. Well, um, and the next episode will be episode two. <laughs> maybe sometime in the middle of the day. Maybe sometimes when you're not sleepy. Um, um, maybe tomorrow morning. Maybe we'll wake you up. Wrap it up, dear. Okay. Fine. Bye bye. Bye bye.